so dear viewers, uh, it's a great pleasure uh, uh, to have uh, guest uh, Sean McVeigh, which is also known uh, as a guitar and voice uh, of King Buffalo, all the way from uh, Rochester, New York. Uh, welcome to our show, Sean. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining. Uh, how, how have you been doing? Yeah, you know, doing okay. Has a lot going on. There's a little mm -hmm. stressful times, but, you know, you just try to, you know, keep on keeping on, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best we can do, I guess. Yeah. We, I mean, I was uh, preparing the interview mostly uh, regarding your last uh, release, which is uh, Dead Star, which came out in, uh, in March of 2020. Um, but uh, yesterday, uh, actually, you tricked me, you surprised me by posting a pic on, on social media about um, a test press. And I just uh, read now an email that I received about the, the new uh, release. Uh, but uh, tell me what's going on. Uh, yeah, so we're doing uh, releasing our performance from Freak Valley Festival. Is it 2019? Mm -hmm. Yeah, last year. Yeah, um, on vinyl. It's going to be only available on vinyl, and the, the digital download code that comes with the vinyl uh, won't be pressing it on CD or releasing it digitally. So, yeah, we're pretty excited about it. It's our first live record that we've ever released. So it's the first for us, and we're excited. What's, uh, what's the reason uh, uh, for pressing and uh, um, releasing a live record? Well, it's something we've always wanted to do. We just hadn't done it. We hadn't had a good recording, hadn't had a, like a good performance, hadn't had a, uh, you know, something that we should felt like would be good to press up. And actually, it was the guys at Freak Valley that kind of approached us with the idea. They had, you know, they had the, the recording and everything, and they're like, hey, we're thinking about doing this. So it was sort of a joint venture uh, between our two collective uh, parties is the only recording you have of that tour i mean i, I remember um actually seeing uh, seeing that um, that video as many of uh, of the freak valley festival unluckily i wasn't there uh of that year and it was like uh i think it was one or two weeks before you came uh, to berlin and honestly say it was pretty um, uh, coherent let's say with uh, what i could um, hear live then when when you played in uh, in badehaus in uh, in berlin you didn't have any other recording was uh, as you said it was a pro mostly a proposal from them no uh yeah i mean occasionally we have uh like bootleg recordings but there's sort of lo-fi stuff mm -hmm. from, from a lot of our shows and those are available on our website for free anyone can have them but we didn't have like a, a really well recorded multi-track performance mm -hmm. at like a really cool show like the vibe was really good at freak valley the stage stage was really fun the crowd was amazing um so it all kind of just worked out Let's go back uh, some years, uh, um, which uh, in your case is going to be, um, I guess, almost 10 years uh, to the foundation of King Buffalo. How did uh, everything start? Uh, well, it was, uh, I believe, around 2013. Dan, our bass player for King Buffalo, we were in a band together before King Buffalo. And Scott, our drummer, was also in a band. He was in a separate band. He was in a Velvet Elvis. We were in a band called Abandoned Buildings Club, mm -hmm. both local bands in Rochester, and 
his band had some uh, interpersonal problems and our, my, me and Dan's band was also kind of falling apart a little bit. And so Scott had an idea because they, they had just made a new record and they were supposed to go tour in support of that record, but they kind of fell apart right before this tour was supposed to happen. He didn't want to cancel all the dates and be stuck with a bunch of copies of this record that he could never get rid of. So he asked me and Dan just to come in and fill, on, fill in on bass and guitar and we were, our, we were just going to play some Velvet Elvis songs. Also, one of the other guitar players and singers from Velvet Elvis also was, was in. So it was Scott Randall, who was the original fourth member, myself and Dan. And instead of really learning much of the songs, we just kind of started jamming. It was flowing really well. We had a really good groove uh, between the four of us. And we ended up writing a, a handful of songs and recorded them really quick and kind of put together what is the demo our demo and then we needed to come up with a name we were like well why don't we just why don't we just become a band like we can do some velvet elvis songs we didn't have enough material to be king buffalo yet so we had a couple velvet elvis songs a couple king buffalo songs and then i believe there was a song or two from me and dan's old band as well that we kind of frankensteined and played uh and so we settled on the name king buffalo and jumped in a van and toured and had this in a like business sense it was really stupid because you'd show up to places and then be like well <laughs> are you Velvet? Totally different, huh? yeah are you velvet elvis or king buffalo <laughs> luckily it was early enough that no one cared like there wasn't even anyone at the shows there was just <laughs> us you know playing the bartenders usually there was a couple shows that had people but for the most part you know it was like a bunch of guys living out of an rv just like farting around touring around it was really fun but yeah not a lot of people there you talked about the demo what are you singing in that time actually so it was myself and randall who was our original fourth member so he sang lead on in dim light and i sang harmonies pocket full of knife we this kind of harmonies the whole time so we were both singing together the whole time and then providence i i sang lead and he did harmonies eventually shortly after we did the demo he his life was pulling him in a different direction so he ended up moving to another city and everything you know so we kind of parted on friendly terms we love him we you know he's had it's worked out really well for him his move and it's worked out well for us so yeah nice we deal. were a four piece uh, initially uh first release was uh, orion uh then longi to be in the mountain which was uh, i guess two years ago then uh, on march as i said of this year you released the uh, dead star i see in comparison um to Orion and Longing to be the mountain, uh, a bit of a different mood. Uh, I don't know if I can say maybe the the melody that we can hear, um, in especially in Longing to be the mountain in the in the title track, uh, in for instance in like uh, a morning song, uh, is that that star uh, is uh, has a different mood, uh, less. Uh, joyful uh, i don't know maybe it's the maybe it's the maybe it's the title uh, uh, tricking me what do you think uh no i think i think you're right yeah um it definitely has a darker vibe than some of our previous releases how was the the conception the, the conceivement and uh, as well the development the development of uh, dead star musically we wanted we knew we wanted to write and release something we were you know kind of working on some different ideas So Red Star was sort of a big jam that we put together, but the rest of the album kind of developed sort of separately, kind of working more individually. A lot of stuff that like I kind of worked at it, worked on at home and then brought to the band and then we worked on it together and, and sort of 
kind of cutting cutting things, Frankensteining, kind of putting things together like that. We initially had the idea to just do an EP. We weren't going to do, I mean, we still kind of call Dead Star an EP, even though it's what, 36, 37 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Lyrically, kind of a theme, like sort of vibe of the whole record, things are like pretty weird and awful in, in the United States <laughs> right now. And so it's hard to not, Scott helps a lot with the lyrics as well, but um, as the main lyricist and songwriter, it's kind of hard for it not to creep in and into the music. So as we've seen, 2020 has been a bit of an awful year. <laughs> and so it's not surprising that our first release of our only release of the year is pretty dark. But you, you worked on it uh, already in 2019 or do or some, some of it? The been... end of, it was kind of the end of 20. I think we really started working on it in December and oh, we, okay. I, it, we like finished it. It might've been the end of 2019. Yeah. I can't remember when it was exactly that we sent it off to get pressed. But yeah, it was end of 2019, early 2020. Why Star and why Dead? <laughs> dead star. Um, well, I like the way it sounded. Uh, and, and just kind of <laughs> feels a little bit like if as a collective of humanity, if we keep going the way we're going, you know, the planet's going to shake us off. You know, we're going to be left with, a, with sort of a dead rock flo- floating through space. That was kind of the inspiration of it, and Dead Star mm-hmm. just kind of sounded nice. I mean, in general, you got uh, a way off uh, uh, to space. I mean, at least uh, uh, reading the titles, uh, mm-hmm. I would yeah. say. No? Um, what about the recording of this album? Again, we kind of it was kind of a different process from for us a little bit. Where, like I said, only Red Star was really written as a long jam. Uh, everything else was pretty much written sort of piecemeal. We put it together differently than we had other records, which was something we kind of wanted to play with. We, like I said, initially our plan was to have it just be an EP and have it, you know, make it really fast, release it really fast, have it be a short release just to kind of put something out. And it just kind of kept growing. We really wanted to experiment on the record. We wanted to try different things, things we hadn't tried before, sounds we hadn't used before, grooves, beats we hadn't used before time signatures tempos all, we, we really just kind of wanted to mess around and it just kind of kept growing until it became the whole album i mean it's our first time we have pretty much fully uh, synth electronic song like on a record. in ecliptic ecliptic, ecliptic yeah Ida karine is a pretty wild time <laughs> signature um it's it, you know kind of just this weird sort of looping awkward pattern for most of it until we had that really hard cut in the middle so it was it was interesting. Um, I used an alternate tuning for the whole record on guitar because I kind of was feeling in a bit of a rut writing wise before the EP. It was just kind of like kept playing. It felt like I was playing the same riffs over and over again. So there's a lot of experimenting. We really kind of wanted to have fun trying new things. Did you already wonder uh, uh, how to then play it live? As there are several stuff that I guess some live is gonna be pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. There's the stuff that some some of it live is kind of borderline impossible. But we kind of figured that out after the fact. We didn't want to worry too much about it as we were writing it because we just wanted to serve what would be the best, make the best recording out of it. Certain songs lend itself better live than others. So we did the quarantine sessions videos for YouTube in March, and one of them you know, we did songs off of Dead Star and it actually worked pretty well. I think we did Red Star 1 and 2 and uh, Ida Karine, maybe something else in there, but 
it actually ended up coming together pretty well. It was iffy at first trying to figure out how to do it. Definitely took some practicing with, cause I had to use a looper pedal uh, mm. and things like that, but it was fun. I mean, I think good thing, I guess, is that uh, you'll have time to, to think yeah, about uh, how to play. Who it. knows? <laughs> who knows when the next time we'll get to perform will be. So, yeah, we have lots of time to figure this out at this point. How how was talking about uh, the topic of the year? Uh, how was this period of um, no gigs? I mean, were you able to, um, to have some gigs or not at all? No, no. We had to postpone or cancel basically every gig. I think we, we played... We played like one or two shows this year in like February. Um, so it was, it was early Before in the year. The yeah, we, we were supposed to go on tour third week in March, I believe. At this point, I think we would have gone and returned from three tours so far. And so, yeah, we've been stuck at home, definitely missing, missing touring a lot, missing performing. Um, but it's kind of put us a new, new focus. Like we've been writing a lot of material, which we're really excited about which we kind of hinted at in that email you re referenced. Yeah, so we'll have, we'll have some announcements soon for upcoming releases in 2021 um, <laughs> that we're really excited about, and I can't really say too much more than that right yet. Okay, I hope some word the word uh, will come out, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, it's just not, not quite ready for the, the full announcement yet, so. Okay, how weird or uh, how fucked up, I don't know, was the promotion of uh, Dead Star? Uh, it was really scary, you know, because we're, we're a touring band. That's how we've, you know, been able to do it, to be able to have it at all be financially viable was we had to go and perform and sell T-shirts and records at shows. So we were really kind of scared uh, when it happened, but we've been absolutely blown away um, by the amount of support it's received online internationally and domestically it's been really cool to get the feedback from fans from all over and how you know into it people were i don't know it's it's kind of humbling to be honest and so we have to we're gonna have to figure out a way to uh repay everyone for all of the support they've given us during all this which yeah, you know hopefully. every every band is in this situation you know so you know every every band every band that tours got hit really hard everything just shut down and mm. who knows when it's going to come back there are some optimistic let's say news uh, coming from the us so we might be able to to have tour again maybe next year who knows um but um i've been talking uh, um to bonnie of death valley girls uh, um some weeks several weeks ago and she told me about the business model of uh, of a touring band you know which is selling uh, individual records uh, individual merch uh, traveling incredible distances uh, do you think is a um, sustainable model for a band uh, or do you think it, is there something uh, on, on it that in it that uh, at one point should slightly change what do you think it's, it's going to be a long kind of convoluted answer uh so there are things about the music industry which we all can agree are, are pretty messed up that that would really i would like to see changed and certain companies in particular that uh take advantage of particularly lower level artists pretty pretty hard um, a lot of like the streaming stuff is really great on one hand because it's able to distribute stuff all over the place but the amount of return that artists see is so minimal it seems a bit messed up but you're able to to make up for it in touring and selling t-shirts and, and records 
So I don't know, the kind of joke I always make is, you know, being a touring musician nowadays, you're essentially uh, a glorified t-shirt salesman, you know? So <laughs> like the music is really your marketing tool to get to sell t-shirts because that's how, I mean, essentially that's how you make the money on, on, that's how you make any money on tour. The margins are bigger, you know, gas is expensive. The guarantees aren't big. You know, you're not getting a ton of money at the door, you know, from the, from the promoters, from the venues. So you have to, you have to be able to sell merch. So yeah, it's, I mean, that's how we've done it. That's how we've always done it. Um, and we definitely itching to get, <laughs> to get back on the road. So I don't know. I don't know if that really answers the question. It kind of is a bit of like, yes, it's good. And it's also, there are some things that aren't so good. So being DIY for the most part, which is mostly we're a DIY band, um, it works out well for us as a way to, you know, we're able to tour and, and sell stuff, enough stuff that we can supplement, you know, and, and keep it going. I don't know if you want to talk about the elections. I have this uh, as a bonus question. That uh, I can go on about <laughs> politics all day if you want. <laughs> no, I, I don't mean, know what uh, your viewers would like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, what did you vote? No, I'm kidding. Do we honestly see a bit of a brighter future now that uh, um, the orange guy is uh, gone? I'm really happy that it looks like right now, like he lost the election. They're trying to not have that be the case, which is terrifying. Joe Biden isn't the guy. I don't love Joe Biden, but I certainly think it's an upgrade. So, you know, I, I will happy to see Orange Man gone, but we need to do a lot more. He wasn't the only problem right now in the United States. We have a long, long list of problems. So now that he's gone, maybe we can start to fix some other problems, whether or not we're able to do that. It doesn't look right now like we're really going to be able to. Like we're a bit of a mess. So mm. I don't know. Uh, I hope so. I'm trying to stay optimistic. But we'll see what happens uh, in January, February when he's finally out of that house. Mm, you know, I come from Italy. And uh, for really several reasons, uh, I see Trump um, really related to, um, to Berlusconi, what was the uh, what, what happened in Italy. And... Uh, of course, I'm also happy that Trump is more or less gone. Uh, but uh, do you think uh, that um, the whole movement uh, that basically was based, is based uh, on being against Trump, is, do you think is then able to, to give a, a real political offer? Uh, man, I, um, there are really good politicians in the, in the United States that are, have, have a vision, have a plan. They're unfortunately not the majority right now. So like I said, I just have to, I have to be a little bit optimistic. I don't have a lot of hope, but I have to try to be optimistic. You know, the biggest disappointment, the thing I kind of struggled with was while Joe Biden won the election, and that's good, Democrats also did not pick up any power in the Senate mm -hmm. and lost some ground in the House. That's not good. You know, so now you have potentially, you know, it's, it's going to be really a bitter contest for the next two to four years of crazy Republicans making ridiculous demands and not letting anything get done and Democrats mm. that are too cowardly to get anything done and a couple Democrats that are really good and you know so uh, it's tough I, I like you were saying there 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 has to be more than just orange man bad and right now there isn't a huge there isn't a huge movement of that right now there is support there are people that are trying to lead that but I don't know. My only hope is that maybe, maybe they were kind of playing lame duck like that 
just to try to win seats. But at this point, like now I think you got to take the gloves off and got to really start to do some work. Hmm. Maybe it's, um, maybe for the future will be time. Uh, I mean, this is, uh, um, of course, my personal opinion to not, I don't want to say get rid, but um, to open a bit also the election to, to other parties to see something. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a huge fight and that's a thing that I think would eventually be great. Part of the problem, I think, right now, though, is how little engagement there is in the United States. So like, while it looks like, you know, half the country loves Trump and half the country doesn't, it's really more like a quarter of the country loved Trump and a quarter of the country doesn't. So we had record-breaking turnout, record-breaking number of people voted in this election. But I think it was still around 60, 65%. I think the highest number I saw was 67, but I don't even, that's still really low. That's of regist- of people eligible to vote to have only 60 to 70% show up is bad. You know, like we need to have, we need to have people participate. We don't have a choice to pay taxes or not. You know, they're taking your money, whether you, whether you choose to participate or not, they're going to take your money. Mm-hmm. So you might as well get to decide who gets to spend it. That's all. Yeah. I mean, maybe the, um, the, the numbers that would be important. Uh, I mean, This is not uh, an issue only of U.S. This is a, absolutely a general issue uh, of the last uh, 30, 20, at least uh, uh, 30 years, uh, which is the basically the political political engagement of people. That I mean, how people are active politically. So not only in terms of voting, but maybe on, also in terms of uh, Um, connecting to each other and uh, trying to solve problems. Uh, so basically, uh, to the fact that uh, political parties maybe should have also a, a ground, uh, a basis of, uh, of that, I guess. That's a, that's a big issue, I see. Mm-hmm. And, and I think for politics, uh, <laughs> it's more than enough. I think it was uh, 10 minutes only for that. So. Hey. Um, and it's almost also, uh, we are almost also done uh, with the interview. Uh, I want to um, ask the last question, uh, uh, which maybe involves a three or four question. What, to see, what do you see uh, artistically uh, the future? How do you see the, uh, artistically the future of King Buffalo? And uh, what do you want uh, to experiment uh, in your music? I don't know if there's any one thing that I could think of right now that we want to experiment with. And like I said, we're going to have some announcements soon. So I, I know I can say some of the stuff we've been toying around with is unlike anything we've done before in different directions. So we have, uh, so we'll see, uh, you know, I guess we'll, people just have to see how things, you know, how they interpret it when, when it gets released. And I, I guess the future for us is we, I, We would love to get back on the road when it's safe to do that. We totally understand that it's not safe right now. You know, we, for us, the, the risk isn't worth it. If anyone came to one of our shows and got sick or spread it to anyone else and anyone died, it just doesn't seem... I, we love what we do. We take it very seriously, but it's not, it's not worth anyone's health to go and play loud rock music. We all love it, but let's be honest, it's not that important. Um, so we're just, at this point, we want to focus on just being as creative as possible, making content and releasing things for people until we get that green light where we can go and perform again. Is the um, trio 
model under discussion? Um, no, no. I mean, we, we have a really good workflow with the three of us. And so there's like, at this point, there's a kind of a lot going on. I don't, uh, you know, even as a three piece, Dan's playing synth as well as bass. I'm playing guitar and synth and singing. So we have a lot of layers going on. We have at times in the past toyed with the idea of a fourth member and we'll never say, you know, we'll never say absolutely not never, but right now we have a, a good flow between the three of us. We are able to play off each other pretty well and we're able to keep things moving. So I don't know if I see us adding anyone into the mix. It have to line up as a, as a thing that we have, you know, have a comfort level with, with them. And I don't know, as of right now, we just don't really see a need for it. It's kind of nice to have a little bit of the rules of like, well, there's only three of us. We have to, for me, it can be, I can get easily carried away with the writing and arranging of like, well, let's add this, let's add that, let's add this, let's add that. So it's kind of nice to be able to say, no, 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 there's only three of us. Like we can't add a crazy piano part, dual leads. Like I try to, trying to keep it within the realm of something that's possible. It helps to have a, sometimes it's nice to have rules. I guess we'll say that. Mm. And also if I can add something, I, I think a 33 comma 33 is better, is better than 25 or 20 if you divide the incomes. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. One less person to pay for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Sean, I really want to thank you for, uh, for this interview and I wish you really the best of luck, uh, um, for, uh, for the next releases. And I'm really looking forward to know what's going on, what's boiling in the pot and uh, to the viewers, uh, uh, please is really, really, really important, uh, uh, to support, uh, underground music, uh, because as we just uh, heard, uh, um, the, the bands now that they can barely can play any show, uh, especially, of course, in the US. So uh, put your hand in the wallet if you can and uh, support uh, underground music and support uh, underground bands. Do you, last, last thing, do you have in mind any live stream again? or um? Um, Possibly at some point. Right now, we're really focusing on new material, so we're we're keeping plenty busy. We'll say that. So maybe once we get to a point where we can take a break from that, then we'll do a live stream. But for now, we really wanna really wanna get some of this stuff done and be able to announce some things at some point, possibly. But we think it, uh, what we'd be better at would be making some new things. Absolutely. Thanks, Sean, and uh, see you soon. See you in Europe. Yeah, I hope so. Thank you so much and uh, stay healthy and have a good one. Cheers.